0: Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am uh, Joe Poznanski, a national columnist for NBC Sports, and with me as always, Michael Shore, executive producer of Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn 99. Michael, great to be with you again. Great to
1: be here. I'm very excited about our new format.
0: Yes, that's right. We have a new format to uh, to introduce this uh, week. Um, and it's a format that I think basically nobody Nobody was listening, so it didn't matter, but but I think it was a format we needed, a, a change we needed to make. Would you agree?
1: I think it's it can be thought of as basically like a
0: public service, <laughs> so, like, like essentially charity work. It is charity work. I, I, I do expect to get an award for this. So <laughs> what we are going to do is we are introducing, of course we're going to have our draft coming up, a very, uh, a very important draft this week as always, uh, yeah. but we're going to start off with what we're, we are now calling our 10-minute segment. Right. And and uh, we named it that um, because we are going to talk about a topic that is tired and nobody wants to hear about for exactly 10 minutes. That's okay. it.
1: And, and we did this because it's better than the old method that we were using, which was talk about something for like 74 <laughs> minutes. That was <laughs> what we're doing.
0: And and the, now... the, the best part of the old system, I always thought, was and when it would end – you would say something like, "Oh, how did we do?" And I'd be like, "No, not well. No, we didn't. We, we, we were on there for 109 minutes, is what we did. Yeah. So, so 10 minutes. We are keeping a clock on this. So this is this is, and once once the 10 minutes are up, we're done. That's right. Okay. And uh, so this week's topic, uh, and you are handling the clock. Yes. Uh, the
1: second you, the way this works is the second you mention the topic, the clock starts. Okay.
0: Well, this week's topic is uh, Native American nicknames and uh mascots and logos in sports and right. our feelings on it. Okay.
1: clock is on.
0: The clock is on, so let's just start with the most basic one, uh Redskins. The name Redskins. To me, I, it's it's almost one of those things where if you could just start over in life, you could just like nothing existed before what we just happened and you were trying to name names like a team and you said, hey, you know, there's a football team in Washington, D.C. What should we name that? If somebody said Redskins, without any background or whatever, they would, like, immediately be banished from society. Yeah. And yet, we all do it. We all say it. We all accept it. Well, I we don't know if we accept it, but we we deal with it. And there are people that argue for that name. and And that just never ceases to amaze me.
1: Yes, and the the primary argument for that name, of course, is Daniel Snyder, who even by goofball uh, sports franchise owners is is a goofball. He's one of the biggest goofballs in all of sports. Yes, and yes. his argument for keeping the name is based on two of my least favorite rhetorical gambits, which are number one, it's always been this way, and number two, I don't wanna. <laughs> That's basically, what is if he wrote a letter to fans recently where he announced an amazing uh, program that he's starting called the washington redskins original americans foundation where he's essentially trying to buy his salvation by keeping the name because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to change it so he's going to keep it and in order to buy his salvation he's going to start a foundation to help native american tribes all throughout america who are suffering now the letter itself if you haven't read it it's one of the funniest things i've ever read it's it's if for if for com- In terms of comedy, it's I don't think I've ever written anything as funny as <laughs> if, if, <laughs> announcing the start of the Washington Redskins' original American Foundation. But amidst all of the hilarious, like he, he actually bold faces and italicizes certain parts of it to stress just how amazing he's being, and which is great. And But the, the main thing that I get when I read it is, if there were really no problem with the name Washington Redskins... Then why isn't he calling it the Washington Redskins, Redskins Foundation? <laughs> and the answer is because that's impossibly insensitive and cruel and horrifying. And you would never, ever, ever, ever do that. And so the, the letter, which is meant to try to like quell people's anxieties and displeasure with the name of his team actually only increases it like tenfold because he's literally pointing out how crazy it is that his team has this name.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's well, to me that kind of amazing bald faced hypocrisy is is really what I think we've seen we've seen more of that in the last year than than at any point in this entire you know I mean people have been talking about trying to change name or change uh, Chief Wahoo in Cleveland for a long time but in the last year so we had this we had this amazing now I'm raising money to help Native Americans um, because that's always been what the Redskins name has represented you got that wonderful hypocrisy <laughs> and then you have in in Cleveland you have chief wahoo who is who is just flat it's just a flat racist logo I mean there's I I, I grew up in Cleveland I'm a Cleveland fan I've always said that I I can't fully understand what Washington Redskins fan feel because I'm not a Redskins fan so I don't I can't fully understand their connection to the name or their or their reasoning. I mean, it seem like there's really some good people who still are okay with the name. I, I don't get it. I grew up with Chief Wahoo. I grew up with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, I love that team. I hate that mascot. I mean, it's just – it's and, and have for as long as I can remember. And so they decide that they're not going to have Chief Wahoo on – the uniform, or in any sort of uh, public way, in any sort of visible way, during spring training. Right. And at some point, one of the people there was asked about it, and he said, "Well, in deference to the the fact that we're in Arizona and there are a lot of Native Americans here, and I, that that just to me that that is the greatest answer I've ever heard in my entire life. Which yeah. is like, look, this is not a racist." logo but there are some native americans here so maybe we ought to like not use it here where they might see it but back home where we don't really see that many native americans it's kind of fine at
1: that point well that's the problem with having a racist logo and mascot (laughs) is you have you get into these weird well it's okay over here but not okay over here like you're just it's you're just like dissembling like crazy and kind of parsing the universe in the way, in a way that allows you to just keep doing what you're doing. And the thing is like, I get it. You know, I, as a huge sports fan, I totally understand, you know, a connection to a logo and the laundry and rooting for the laundry and all that sort of stuff. But it's also like, well, too bad. Like these decisions were made at a time when people weren't as culturally attuned as they are now And where where it was more acceptable to just be flatly racist and kind of, like, unpleasant in the universe. And so too bad. You got to change it. Like, it's just like, and in a generation, it won't matter. You'll have a connection to a different logo. And that's not, it doesn't make an entire group of people on Earth feel terrible. and, And, like, they're being attacked every time they see the name or the logo. Like, too bad. The answer is too bad. And that... That kind of like it's the uh, it's one of my least again it's one of my least favorite arguments for anything is well it's always been this way this is the way it's always been and th- that's what you heard about uh, women at, at Augusta that's what you hear about it's what you heard about any minority doing anything that the majority was keeping them from doing throughout time it's women in voting in the twenties it's, it's you know African Americans in in public schools and in integrated schools it's literally every time one of these issues comes up where a minority is being treated badly by a majority, what you hear is, well, this is the way it's always been. And it's like, but that doesn't mean it's the way it should still be. It should change. And it it just blows my mind that, that you can still, you know, you can have an uneasy relationship with it and kind of go back and forth and whatever, but to sort of flatly proclaim as Snyder does, he talks a lot in the letter about, about the shared heritage and values of the Redskins community. And that, I mean, heritage is the problem here, right? It's the heritage of, the heritage is a racist heritage where people had this uh, sort of callous attitude toward a, a large group of people. So, sorry, man, you have to change it. It's going to change someday. And it also blows my mind that he doesn't realize that he could be on the right side of history and he could get a big, you know, there were, of course, if you change the Redskins logo, There'd be a backlash and there would be people complaining and there'd be talk radio hosts to, to who, who bitch and moan and whatever. But again, who bad, too bad. <laughs> bad. You've got well, to change it. And then chief Wahoo should, chief Wahoo should be changed yesterday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To me, chief Wahoo is a much more uh, concerning matter because Redskins, if you change it, you can't hide that. I mean, if you, if you start calling yourselves the Washington, whatever, congressman, um, that everybody's going to know, and it's going to change the uniform, and it's going to completely alter um, the game, and and people are going to complain, and people are going to see it. You're not going to be able to just do it, hide it, you know, in in a, in a quiet way. They could have gotten rid of Wahoo, and nobody would have even noticed. I mean, yep. nobody would have, you know, three guys would have been like, "Hey, what happened to Wahoo?" And that's it, nothing. But now, yep. because they could refuse to do it, now it's like it will be public when they finally do get rid of it, which they will. And I think that's the point uh, of the Redskins as well. They're going to change the name. It might be not this year, next year, five years, ten years. That name will get changed at some point. And I think about Augusta. That was just at Augusta in the Masters. And... They fought this women members thing for years, and it was embarrassing for them. It was embarrassing for the women who were who were trying to to make it happen. It was embarrassing for television. You know, there, there, there was a year that they had no commercial breaks because of this nonsense. The whole thing was so ridiculous, and it, it made nobody look good. Okay, so they finally let in two or three rich women into their group. You know, which which has no effect on any of us, right? I mean, it's like a completely they they live their own world up there, down there and and they they let some women in. This year, after doing this, they were standing there like they were you know Gloria Steinem. They were just so proud of our women members and how much we've grown as a club and how we want to represent you know the game of golf is. It does not. It's not about men or women. It's about all of us. And they were just talking like 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 they had just solved the world's crisis. Yeah. And my thought was, well, look, on one hand, this is annoying and stupid. On the other hand, though, hey, if that's what it takes, feel good about yourself. You finally yeah. did something. Feel good about yourself.
1: Yeah. You, you, I'm fine with them being self-congratulatory <laughs> when they do the right thing. That's fine.
0: <laughs> so that's what they could do with the Redskins. Once they change the name, yeah, there'll be backlash and there'll be some angry people. And they'll say, oh, they. this is the world. We've gone PC. And, and there'll be all these people. But guess what? They'll all still come to games. And down the road they'll be like, yeah, you remember we used to be called the Redskins. That's really kind of embarrassing. The, the, the same way that you look at the they once had a team in Washington called the Bullets. They were called the Washington Bullets. They were indeed. Oh I, look, hey, there's our alarm. I hear an alarm. We're done.
1: <laughs> do you want to now do you want to do a, a final thought? Let's do a final thought. Oh, okay. I like
0: it. This is sort of an additional thought, a final thought.
1: Final thoughts. Go
0: I, ahead. I guess the final thought for me is five years. They're both
1: gone.
0: Interesting. That's
1: very optimistic. I, I think
0: like- it is optimistic, but I'm going for it. Five years, they're both gone. Wahoo goes first, and Wahoo. I don't know how they'll do it, but it'll go first, and uh, and Redskins will follow shortly after.
1: All right. My final thought is Daniel Snyder's a goofball, <laughs> and that team will never win a Super Bowl until he sells the team.
0: <laughs> I, I don't. That could actually be our final thought, no matter what our topic was. Actually. <laughs> That's he, true. My he's final, the, wor- he's every, the worst owner in sports, right?
1: Single, every single time we do this, my final thought, no matter what the topic, is <laughs> going to be Daniel Snyder's a goofball and the Redskins will never win a, a Super Bowl until he sells the team.
0: <laughs> worst owner in sports, right? I think he's
1: definitely top three. I mean, you know, Sterling has actually, you know, paid for some players now. He was in the running. You know, you could debate Jerry Jones. I mean, it, but all, the, you know, all these – actually, here's my real final thought. My final thought is that if there's one thing you can say in Daniel Snyder's Uh, defense it's that he really loves that team which is a very good quality he's not apathetic towards his team and that's a very good quality in an owner he cares very deeply he really wants the team to win and if you're a fan of a team that's what you need in an owner you don't want some like sort of removed corporate owner who doesn't care one way or the other and is only looking to you know to just make an investment or whatever so that's that's what he's got that's good but everything else about him, quite literally everything else about him is terrible. And he, he's probably the worst donor in sports, yeah. I
0: think mean, he's the worst. All right, so so we're done. Ten minutes, that's that's amazing that uh, yeah. we were able to do that. We didn't say anything, but, but we took ten minutes to do it. Um, and now time for our draft. And, uh, you know, I don't really know how to describe this week's draft except to say, to me, it's sort of representative of all of our drafts. I think oh, yeah. in that it's important... It's something you and I are both very, very knowledgeable about, mm-hmm. and and it's something that I think, you know, people could listen to it for, for hopefully for some entertainment value, but more to learn something. I think.
1: Yeah, it's really about education.
0: I think so. I think so. So this week we are drafting superheroes, and um, I believe that you have the first pick because I had the first pick in the numbers draft.
1: I think you're right. Um, yes. Now, a couple of things to say before we get started. Number one. I don't really care about superheroes at all.
0: (laughs) Me either. Me either. I don't
1: really know anything about them. I don't really care about them. I very much look forward to a bunch of angry tweets and emails about why everything that I said was wrong and stupid (laughs) and how I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm freely admitting I have no idea what I'm talking about. In fact, I have no idea what I'm talking about to the point where I, and I I hate to pull a Trump card here, but I have, I had called in an advanced scout to help me scout this draft. (laughs) Uh, which is my six-year-old son, William, who is very much into superheroes. And I sat him down and I said, listen, I need to make a list of the best superheroes for this draft. Can you help me? Tell me who the best superheroes are and why they're the best superheroes. So all of my research was done with my with the help of my advanced scout, uh, <laughs> William Shore, age six. Um, so that being said, the first pick in the draft, and William was very clear about this. He's, done, he's, he's looked at all the tape. He's studied the game film. He's very clear, number one superhero, Batman. Batman, Batman wow. Yeah. I asked William why Batman was the best superhero. What he said, which makes a lot of sense to me, was he's the main character. Right. He wears different kinds of suits, and they're all black. (laughs) And and this is a big thing for my advanced scout. There's a lot of Lego stuff. Yes. With Batman. And those arguments, I think, are pretty rock solid. I don't see any reason not to choose Batman based on that excellent research done by (laughs) my advanced scout. (laughs)
0: He he had he had a very very crucial and I thought uh, uh, excellent role in the Lego Movie. I, I yes. thought I thought Batman was very very important in the Lego yes, Movie. Yes,
1: Will Arnett, excellent excellent voice work from Will Arnett on that. Um, but I you know I will add to my Advanced scouts uh, research by saying that the reason I like Batman is that he's just a guy, right? He's a guy in a suit. He's not he does he's not a omnipotent being who, uh, you know, is an alien or goes blasted by radiation or whatever. He's just a guy with cool, super cool toys and cars and stuff. And that gives him a kind of, you know, my main problem uh, with superheroes in general is that it's really hard to write stories for people who are all powerful. Right. Because it's very hard for them to be threatened by anything. And so, but Batman's just a guy. He's he's a guy in a suit and he uses, like, grappling hooks and stuff, which makes him cooler to me because he has a... He's, he's a just a he's made you know, flesh and bone. He's a frail guy.
0: Yeah, I you know I guess I, I can I can see the, the the point on 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 Batman. Um, I guess I would have to ask you this: You are totally into various other kinds of of fantasy type things. I mean, you're very into um, the Hobbit and and sure. Lord of the Rings and all of those sorts of things. How did this never transfer into superhero world? It's a very good question. And I don't know. I mean, I think that there was a sort of forking
1: path when I was about seven years old, which was sports and comic books. And there were kids in my school who were into comic books and their kids were into sports. And I got a a rack pack of Topps baseball cards for my sixth birthday. And for whatever reason, like that is what lit up my brain. And I went hard into sports. And I remember, I remember my friends who had comic books and like picking up the comic books and looking through them and just kind of feeling like, ah, this isn't for me. Like I just didn't get into it for a while. I don't know why. But you're right. I'm a very big nerd about a lot of other stuff that would indicate strongly that I should be into comic books. And <laughs> I just, I've just never cared. I don't care about superheroes. I don't care. I see the movies sometimes. Like I've seen, I saw the Avengers and I'll see the Batman movies and stuff like that. And I enjoy them. I, it's not like I, I dislike them. But I just, I went hard, I banked hard left into sports world and sort of left comic book world behind.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I was never really into comic books either. and uh, But it, it, I also wasn't really into that sort of, that realm that, that you seem, that you like. So it,
1: it's, uh, that is a see, You're talking like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, uh, Star Trek, that whole thing?
0: Star Wars, yes. The others, not at all, really. Huh. Um, but, you know, that's, that's... I respect your I respect your right to to choose between the different kinds of fantasy things Do, you you weren't into doctor who at all were you I was
1: never into Doctor who no doctor who freaked me out when I watched <laughs> I used to watch Doctor Who if I were like home sick from school and I watched Doctor Who on PBS or whatever it would it just freaked me out something about the sort of low quality video and the terrible special effects and stuff like I just I didn't like it I didn't understand it and I didn't like it
0: yeah I I don't get it either my kids are totally into it and I don't I don't understand it. Um, Batman is a is a perfectly fine pick at number one. It's not the right pick, but it's a perfectly fine pick. Um, what do you think of the Batman Dark Side? By the way, are you you does that? Do you like that? The fact that he's kind of dark and 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 you know really sort of uh, just trying to live down the terrible tragedy of his childhood.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I you know every every character, super or not, needs some kind of backstory, origin story kind of thing. So you know, I don't mind it. It's I will say that when you're reading Batman books to your six year old, and you get to the point in the story where his parents are brutally murdered <laughs> in the alley, it's a little bit hard to figure out how to navigate that. Like, you know, it, it's and that's true with all these. I kind of gloss over it. I'm like, and he would they were walking home, and then his parents were gone, and then everything was okay, and he was fine, and everything was gonna just kind of like blow past it because it's pretty unpleasant, you know, and the uh, he's. He's at the age now, you know, for a while I could get away with that, but now he's at the age where he's, he like wants to know what happened to the parents and I don't know how I'm going to explain this.
0: Yeah. Well, he's definitely, that's, that seems like that's a very big part of the whole Batman mystique and all of that. So that's, that's, they're heading, he's heading in that direction. He's going to, he's going to understand all of that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, my first pick, I also had an advanced scout and it was my nine-year-old daughter um, who, who deeply affected how I'm going to draft because there are certain players I'm going to have to draft higher than their uh, than their place because of, of need because you told me I had to get them so so I will I will go for need a couple times but with number one I I'm just, am just am shocked and 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 stunned to find Superman there on the board so I'm going to take Superman with with the first pick and um, I'm not going to. You know, I don't really think I need to explain Superman. It's like been done a million times and and I'm never going to, you know, be able to like get into it with the in the depth that, you know, Seinfeld does or anybody else. But there is one thing about Superman that I that I find fascinating that I would be curious to ask you about because because you you mentioned this a little bit about how hard characters are to write. Um, The thing that boggles my mind about Superman is the people who created him clearly had absolutely no restraint in what powers they gave him. So they start off by saying, okay, you can fly, I get it, eh, something about the atmosphere, whatever, that's great. You're also super duper strong. We're going to make you like the strongest you know, superhero ever. Um, and I get that too. And then they say, okay, we're going to also make you invulnerable to any pain or any kind of, you can't be hurt. So yeah. we're going to shoot bullets at you, we're going to throw missiles at you, nothing can harm you. So, to me, that's enough right there. You don't, you don't need anything else. You've got those three things. You can work with that. You're a superhero. You can pretty much work with that. But then, they're like, no, no, you know what? You can see through things. Like, what, like why does he need to see through things? Like, that seems like that's so just, just, it's like they ran out of ideas. And they're like, okay, well, you know what? Let him see through things. We're going to give him super hearing. We're going to let him hear, like, things that happen, like, miles and miles away in order to, I don't know, create some, something. I don't even know what it is. We're going to make it so his eyes can actually burn things. They're going to, like, you've got, like, vision, heat ray vision, so they can actually burn, like, things. Because that's really important. Because... Being super strong and being invulnerable and being able to fly is not enough to get rid of the bad guys. You've got to be able to burn things with your eyes, and yep. then you—you. You, he also can blow like hurricanes. You're like he can like he like people would like try to attack him. He could just like blow and they will like go flying away.
1: Um, I'm, I'm going to remind you, by the way, that you are choosing this character as number one on your list. Like everything you're just I. My advanced scout had him at number three. I wouldn't put him in my top. I think Superman is one of the most relentlessly boring characters <laughs> ever created in in western letters. I he, I mean all he can do all in the original like voiceover it's you know more powerful than a locomotive able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Like we're so far away from that at this point. He can fly around the earth backwards and reverse time. He do anything. He can like he there's a close-up shot in the not the most recent movie but the one before that where a bullet is fired at him and hits his eyeball, (laughs) plinks off like a, like a, like, you know, like it just goes plink and he's so boring. He's so boring. He can do anything. Well, yeah. There's no, no, when you have a character who's that, there's one thing that defeats him. It's a green rock. And if you have the green rock, then he can't do anything. And if you don't have the green rock, then he can do anything. (laughs) That's really boring. That's an incredibly boring character. And they just, there's a reason that these movies are, are like, I mean, whatever, they're Superman movies and they have cool special effects and people like them and blah, blah, blah. But like, I just, I'm so unrelentingly bored by Superman. I can't, I don't, there's not a single Superman movie or TV show or cartoon or anything I've ever seen that I find even the tiniest bit interesting because he's, in, he's completely impervious. There's no threat to him at any point unless you're holding a green rock. And so every single story is about somebody holding a green rock. And then, then he, then he gets weak, and then he somehow <laughs> someone knocks the green rock out of the person's hand, and then he can do,
0: do anything again. It's so boring.
1: How does anyone like this guy? It's so boring.
0: Well, I think there's something about you know the fact that that he because I, I think there's something fascinating about the fact that they couldn't stop giving him powers. There, there's a, a scene at the end of Superman two, the old Superman, the old Christopher Reeve Superman, Superman two, where Lois Lane had discovered. Um, who who he was. You know she had figured out uh, that the glasses were not enough to tell you that, that this was still Superman. <laughs> and he kisses her and she forgets. Yep. Like he kisses her and her, her memory goes blank. Like they, they had to give him one more power. Like, okay, you could also kiss people and make them completely forget everything that they just saw. But
1: once he flies around the world backwards and, and reverses the Earth, the Earth spins the wrong way, which, by the way, <laughs> would cause the entire planet to disintegrate. But he reverses time so that, okay, now there's no threat at all. If, Ru- he, if he finds out using one of his 10 million ways to know everything <laughs> that's going on and, and there's a threat to him, why doesn't he just fly around the Earth backwards again, reverse time to the point before the guy got kryptonite or whatever – and then and then keep that guy from getting kryptonite and there's just no threat it's so <laughs> boring it's so boring like you, if he were just strong enough to be more powerful than a locomotive and just strong enough to leap over buildings in a single bound okay so there's some limits to his power when there's no limits to your power as a character then there's just no there's no way to create good stories for that character but why do you think they kept giving him powers because this, it's, he was invented 70 or 80 years ago and they ran out of ideas. Like you can't, they just kept adding stuff and adding stuff to try to keep it, you know, keep it interesting. It's a, it's a trillion dollar property for who for Warner brothers or whoever owns it. So they just keep lumping stuff in and creating new stuff and, and like,
0: you know, great. Okay. He, he can do anything. Like I can do anything. I like, I, I guess I'd still like him, uh, Maybe because you can do anything. Yeah, that's the. I mean, if there is some sort of like, which superhero would you want to be? I wouldn't want to be Batman. I mean, first of all, you're just totally just self-loathing, which is which is not great. And and you could die at any point. I mean, that's, it's always the thing that always amazes me about guys like Superman is one guy. It doesn't even have to be like a main villain. It doesn't have to be like some villain with its own character. You know type of creation just be a guy with a gun he doesn't see him dead that's it game game is completely over so i don't you know i wouldn't want that i mean i i you know i like watching it and enjoy enjoy the the storyline but uh i want to be superman
1: yeah i i see that i mean it's because he can do anything (laughs) and
0: and you know that if he couldn't do something they'll just make it so he could do it next week
1: yeah all right well Congratulations on picking the most boring superhero. <laughs> my number two pick, uh, my advanced scout, was very clear on this. Uh, the second coolest superhero is Thor.
0: Four. Yeah. Thor,
1: yeah. Or as my son calls him, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> um, why is he the coolest superhero, second coolest superhero, advanced scout? Well, advanced scout lets me know he's the Norse god of thunder. The right. That, that was extremely uh, pleasing to me. And he said and very clearly and simply... A hammer is a cool weapon, <laughs> and so I was like, you know what, you're right. A hammer is a really cool weapon. Also, I should add the Thor movies. I've seen both Thor movies. I watched them back to back on an airplane, and I found them delightful and enjoyable. And they're like legitimately funny. I there are scenes in the Thor movies where Thor has been stripped of his powers, and he's just a guy like walking around in the desert with like a flannel shirt on, like making eggs and stuff, and uh, it's very funny. Uh, uh Hemsworth, whatever uh, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, is is legitimately funny. They're very funny movies, um, and uh, and so anyway, the point is, a hammer is a cool weapon.
0: The hammer is a cool weapon, and and I think as as we as we go down superheroes, uh, neither of us know anything like any real in depth things about these superheroes other than what we've seen in the movies or whatever. Right. But there are certain like weapons or gifts or that they got that separate them. I mean, the Superman has like every gift; they just gave him everything.
1: Yeah, but.
0: The hammer nobody else can pick up is an awesome idea. That yeah. is such a great idea, and I don't know who came up with that, but total kudos to that guy. That is that is just an absolutely fantastic invention. Yeah. And and there are great scenes in in um, in the Avengers where Hulk tries to pick up the 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 hammer and he can't. You know yeah. and, you know he's he's actually so strong he's. Like burrowing himself into the into the metal, you know, as he tries to pick the thing up. Um, what a great deal! That's like just totally awesome. That is yeah. that is so great. Um, the only thing about Thor I don't quite get is I don't really know what his role is. Like he doesn't he's not really a superhero. I mean, he's sort of a superhero when his world happens to cross into into our world, I guess. But it's not like he's coming in and like stopping crime. He's like a, he's a
1: demigod. He's like, uh, he's a, whatever. Who cares?
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Thor is a good pick. I'm going to have to go, uh, above, uh, um, way off the board, uh, for me, because I have to get the Hulk. Uh, I promised Katie I would, I would choose the Hulk. Um, Hulk, great, great superhero. Cause he's not really a superhero. It's like kind of just a psychotic person who turns into a green monster. And, and can destroy things. And that's kind of it. I mean, there's no, there's no like larger, uh, mission for him. There's no, he's not, he wasn't given any sort of, you know, task at hand. It's not like he's trying, he's just, he's just walking around. He's unbelievably strong and he's invincible. That's it. There's nothing else he has going for himself. And so he turns into this thing. He might be good. He might be bad. He might destroy the right person. He might destroy the wrong. You have no idea what you get with this guy. So I like that. I like the fact that there is a complete wild card there that you can. As a writer, I could write that. I could write the the guy who, um, frankly, is not really in control and just basically is going to follow whatever whatever path his mind happens to take him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that the best superheroes are kind of metaphors for for actual human emotions and stuff. And and Hulk being a guy who, like, um, it's bad when he becomes the Hulk. Like, he spent <laughs> his whole life trying to not become the Hulk. Right. It's a nice metaphor for, like, the parts of you that are inside you that you fear or that you don't want to come out or that you're trying to control or something. And, yeah, I... I and I, You know, when they announced that Mark Ruffalo was playing the Hulk in The Avengers, my thought was, like, oh, that's a great choice because you need a good actor to play like scientist who's super worried that this giant monster (laughs) is going to pop out of him. What you don't want is like just super handsome, you know, whatever chiseled guy you want like Mark Ruffalo. You want a great actor who has this ability to play that, that kind of dramatic tension between, you know, who he is and who the evil monster is lurking inside. So it's a good, uh, I like good good choice. All right. I think that was a good pick. All right. uh, For my third pick, I'm, I'm going off the board too. This was not given to me by my advanced scout but it is a a person that I like, which is Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. It's a similar kind of thing with the Hulk. He was like a nuclear scientist, and he was like, he like was disintegrated, and then he kind of reformed somehow. And he's like omnipotent and sort of godlike and he experiences all moments of time simultaneously wow. and he is gigantic and he can just sort of travel through space and time and stuff like that <laughs> but what's great about him to me is that he's super apathetic like he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't care at all like in the Watchmen comic by memory they're like, like nixon, nixon is trying to get him to like intervene in vietnam and they're trying to like get him to destroy the like russia or like to like knock down missiles that are coming and he's like like nah, what's the point?" Like, because he kind of, like, he sees that, like, fate is kind of um, set in stone, and that there are things that you can't control, because he views all of time instantly, and he knows that there are certain things that, like, doesn't matter what happens, they're going to happen anyway. So he's just, he's like an omnip he's an omnipotent god, and he doesn't care. He, like, he just, like, does, he just kind of walks around, he's kind of distant, and hard to get to know. Like, people kind of try to talk to him, and he's like, ah, what's the point? Like, <laughs> which is very funny to me. I kind of, I... Uh, I feel like that's how a lot of us would be if we had godlike <laughs> powers. Like, you'd be psyched for a while. Yeah, after a while no, one, it's, it's, like, eh, it's I know, I uh, I, I'm
0: totally unfamiliar with this guy.
1: So, um. You should uh, read read The Watchmen. I, it, the Watchmen is like, it's a thing that everybody tells you you have to read. And if you haven't read it, you're uneducated. Wow. And, uh, and I, yeah, uh, and I, I read it and I, I sort of enjoyed it. I think I, because I'm not a big comic guy and because I probably read it, you know, 20 years too late. Um, it didn't like move me or anything, but it's pretty interesting and kind of cool. And it was made into a, a halfway decent movie a few years ago. Um, uh, anyway, it's worth worth reading.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, I'm I'm totally uh, totally into that. Um, I I, uh, I I don't really have even anything to say I, other than I am fascinated by the idea of somebody who can who can like experience all like different all time at once and all of that. That's kind of interesting.
1: I think it would make watching sports a lot less fun, you know, like you, you, the second you bought tickets to like a, um, you know, a, a Royals Indians game, you'd be like, oh, the Royals win three to two. What's the point of watching the game?
0: <laughs> and they won tomorrow too. I mean, you, that wouldn't really, yeah, it would hurt. It would hurt the sports, uh, the sports no. realm. All right. Well, that's, I, I don't even know if that's a good pick or not, but I'm going to, I'm going to leave that to the readers who, uh, the listeners who are at this point, uh, Just so angry. They're throwing things. (laughs) They're they're like, I cannot believe that these guys are actually doing this. They have no idea what they're doing. So um, my third pick, I'm going to take uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, Again, it's kind of a Katie pick. uh, But there are a couple of things that I love about Wonder Woman. Obviously, Wonder Woman is just, you know, the Linda Carter Wonder Woman. Very, you know, she's very pretty. She's, She's beautiful. She's strong. She blocks bullets with her. Wrist things, those little those little uh, bracelets she has, which is awesome. You know that she does that. But there are two things that Wonder Woman has that 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 are just superior, as far as as far as I'm concerned. Everybody talks about the golden lasso, the the thing that you 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 use the lasso, and they have to tell the truth, um, which is really really cool. And I actually this is the only bit of research I actually did. The guy who invented Wonder Woman or created Wonder Woman is a guy by the name of William Moulton Marston. Uh, who also was, was critical in the early development of the lie detector test, which I find extremely mm. interesting. And apparently there is not the direct connection between the golden lasso and the, and the lie detector test that it was really kind of two separate times in his life or something. But, but they're close enough that that's a very cool concept. Uh, love the idea of a lasso that you wrap around somebody and, and you just kind of coerce them into telling the truth. I mean, that thing just kind of makes them tell the truth. That's very, very cool. Um, but the thing I'm even more interested in is the invisible airplane. And and the reason I'm, I'm so fascinated by that is if you could invent an invisible airplane, you could basically make anything invisible, right? I mean, at that point, I mean, it's not like, like the airplane is the only... you're using a material, you could make invisible cities, invisible towns, invisible clothes. You can make anything invisible if you have the material to make an invisible plane. In fact, a plane would be one of the harder things, I would think, to make invisible, right? Because it's its a plane. It's already pretty technologically advanced. And now you got to figure out a way to make it invisible and, and all of that. So I love that idea that that's the one thing that they make invisible. Like, ah, we got to go to the invisible jet. That's the only... Like, why isn't it, she should have nothing but invisible stuff? Like, should have <laughs> invisible cars, invisible boats, invisible homes. I mean, if if you have that, isn't I, it seems to me like there's there's really no limits, and she could be Wonder Woman with all of her skills and invisible.
1: Yeah, I've never quite understood the invisible plane, and I I'm <laughs> sure this is pure ignorance on my part. But when you like, you know, she, Wonder Woman pops up in a bunch of the books that I read to my advanced scout. And she's, it's always depicted like as the sort of outline of a plane. So you can tell where the plane is. And then she's sitting in there in the cockpit, like flying the plane. I assume that the plane makes her invisible too, right? I assume that if you look up in the sky, you're not seeing a woman sitting in a sitting position, just flying through the air. Like, like as if she, she's, she must be, anyone inside the invisible plane is also invisible, right? I, I I, got, it's got to
0: be because otherwise what would be the point?
1: Yeah, it would be very funny though if <laughs> only the plane are visible, and you just saw a woman sitting in a, in a like in a seat position, just hurtling through space and time. Could you
0: imagine the delivery date on that thing? The guy who's done it, he brings it in, and he's like, "Look, there's just one small problem. There's one design <laughs> in the invisible plane, and that's that you you can we can still see you." Yeah. <laughs> that would, that really would kind of ruin it. I mean, it really would like anybody who's in the plane, and actually all the stuff in the plane, you can see all that too, like the I chairs, can see all the instruments, and the yeah, the tech <laughs> operator and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's just the actual hull is invisible.
0: <laughs> but I like the invisible plane as a concept. I to me, that's I mean, they were sitting there, and again, it was like, all right, well, what are we going to give? What are we going to give her? Like, what's going to be her? How is she going to get around? Well, she she can't fly. She can't, you know, really like, do any of the Superman things, but we have to get her places, so we have to give her a plane. No, we'll give her an invisible plane. That's, yeah. that's, that's the gimmick, and, and it's,
1: of, it's awesome. None of her, I see, I, I don't know, I, I mean, I like that there's a, a, a powerful lady superhero, I think that's cool, I like that she's an Amazon, that's cool, but it, it none of her, all of her powers, they, they, don't seem to, like, come, there's no consistency in them, No, <laughs> you know, like. It's just a bunch of randomly like oh she's got a she got bracelets that can deflect bullets and a lasso that can tell that make people tell the truth and a plane that's invisible. It just <laughs> seems like a it seems like the leftovers from like four rejected superheroes. They just all oh that thing was cool. They give her that thing too. I don't I don't understand any of it. I don't know the backstories, but I don't but it doesn't seem like there's any consistency in what she can do.
0: I've never really understood why people don't shoot her low. Like shoot the foot. <laughs> seems to me that that just that's uh you know they all keep just shooting right at the head she's never gonna miss those i mean i don't know then if if
1: they did superman could just fly around the world back (laughs) for the first time and then she could crouch down and
0: bullets people will tell you superman broke natural law by doing that and he wasn't supposed to do it yeah he did it and he got away with it (laughs) great i'm glad people
1: object to it all right so that was your third pick wonder 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 woman yeah I, I, I can appreciate that. I, I'm going to go back to my advanced scout, and I'm going to do something I personally disagree with. Okay. My advanced scout was very clear that one of the five best superheroes is Aquaman. Wow. Now, I don't particularly care about Aquaman. No. At all. I care about him even less than I care about these other people. But <laughs> according to my advanced scout, three, three key things okay. here. He swims in the water. That was a big thing. Right. Uh, and William has learned how to swim now, so he's psyched about Aquaman. Uh, he has a trident. I don't even know if that's true, but I assume it is. I think Sometimes. it is true. I think it is true. And the third thing, and this was the big one for my advanced scout in terms of why Aquaman is cool, is he makes friends with sharks instead of being eaten by sharks. <laughs> <laughs> and so given those three you know, highly rated qualities, I'm going with Aquaman as my number four, even though personally I think Aquaman's kind of lame. I've,
0: I've had a lifelong obsession with... The concept of Aquaman, I I just I cannot fathom that there was ever enough underwater crime for them to create <laughs> Aquaman. I it's it's been it has bothered me because when I was a kid, um, they used to have on on uh, channel forty three in Cleveland, they would have like a Superman show, Superman and Friends kind of show, on uh, after school every day. I would come home from school. And the, the, the three episodes were always Superman would be the first one. It would always be a, a Superman of some kind. And then Superboy would be the second one. And then the third one would be and Friends. And Friends was almost always Aquaman. So every so often you'd get kind of a fun somebody else and it was like awesome when you did. But it was almost always Aquaman. And they kept coming up with plots for this guy who can talk to fish to, like, save things. And, and there's no way that that ever would be useful in, in any kind of real superhero. There, there, there's a reason that there's never been an Aquaman movie, because you can't come up with a legitimate plot where talking to fish helps you.
1: Yeah. I think you're forgetting about uh, Vinny Chase and James Cameron's collaboration in the, like, fifth season of Entourage. <laughs> and that was the plot <laughs> of, that, of that season, was that James Cameron directed an Aquaman movie starring Adrian Grenier's char- character Vinny Chase. Wow. You didn't see you did, you saw one scene of it if, in my if my memory uh, serves which was like him walking down a long pier and like diving into the water. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like the opposite of something James could actually make but anyway.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, Aquaman. It, look, you got to do you got to do what your advanced scout tells you. That's what a good GM does. That's the thing.
1: I trust my I trust my guys. You know what I mean. I hired them to do a job, and you know I gotta trust their I gotta trust their opinions.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean, and and I see it, but I I gotta say, Aquaman has always been just a huge puzzle to me, just a huge it's a, huge puzzle. It's t-
1: terrible, it's a terrible choice. <laughs> and believe me, when Aquaman totally like fails and is a is a famous disaster, I'm gonna fire my advanced cap. <laughs>
0: It's no- <laughs> you're you're going to say basically to him as scouts will, you'll, as, as GMs will, okay, I'll take him, but it's going to cost you your job. That's yeah, what I'm that's it. I'm giving him enough rope to hang himself. That's <laughs> what I'm
1: doing at this point.
0: <laughs> I think that's good. I think that's good. All right, well, uh, with the fourth pick, I've got two that I have to take according to uh, to Katie, so I have to sort of predict which one you're not going to take. So, um, And I don't know that I'm going to get it right, but I'm going to go with Spider-Man. And, and the thing about Spider-Man uh, that she was really pushing me on and, and that I kind of kind of see, and it's sort of a little bit to what you were talking about with Batman. He's just a guy, just a kid, who got bit by a spider. That's it. He, he didn't want it. He didn't ask for it. He, he was just this kind of nerdy kid that nobody liked. And he gets bit by a spider, and he's given all of these great powers, and he thinks... Man, this is like awesome! Like I've got all these great powers, and it isn't awesome. It's like it sucks. He hates it. It's like he's just getting beat up all the time, facing like the creepiest of all the villains, and and that to me is pretty cool. There's like this. He there, no, I don't think that there is a superhero who gets treated quite as badly as, as Spider Man does. Like he never gets the girl, he never gets anything. He just kind of has to just keep going. His his uncle just dies while he's, you know, because he he picked the wrong guy to to, to not chase, and and it's just like they just couldn't treat him worse. But he's still got to be a superhero because he was bit by the spider, so he has no choice. Um, the other second secondary thing about Spider Man that's kind of cool is he was uh, I never I don't think there's another uh, character among all the superheroes, where the people who, who invented him have been so desperate to, like, shove him on all of us. Like, they they would throw Spider-Man in. Spider-Man used to have a role on the old Electric Company. You would just be watching Electric Company, and they'd be teaching you about rhyming words, and then Spider-Man would just show up, and he never talked. He had, like, the little thought bubble above his head, and, and, and people would, like... He would he would they would make this kind of weird sound and that was him talking and people would look at the thought bubble above his head to see what he was saying and and I just thought man that it's like it's like the even the people that invented even Stan Lee and the people that invented him were kind of like this guy is so lame that that we just have to like shove him into any sort of pop culture thing we can find just to get him out there to people and so <laughs> I kind of respect that I, I respect that I. I I, I think this, and he, and he has cool superpowers too. I mean, the shooting the web is a pretty cool superpower. So, yeah, I'll go My ahead.
1: My problem with Spider Man is that he makes the lamest jokes, <laughs> just the worst jokes. They're all just terrible puns, awful, awful, awful puns. He's kind of a wise ass, and not in a way that that I find like funny or charming. He just seems like a kind of a jerk, and and his jokes are.
0: T- Terrible. And give me then, one of his jokes. Give me, give me a Spider
1: Man joke. I don't even know. I, when I read <laughs> these books to my son. He's, it's all, it's just a terrible pun. It's always, it's like, you know, he's chasing Hydro Man or whatever, and it'll be like, looks like you're all washed up. I mean, it's just the lamest. It's so lame. And I always, and then my son always says like, what does that mean? And I have to explain like, there's this thing called a pun. It's very bad form of humor. <laughs> and. Spider Man is making a joke, cause get it, cause water, and he's washed up. <sighs> and oh. it, just, it bums me out at a, like a very deep emotional level when I have to like read these Spider Man books and like try to sell the jokes to my son. It's, it's a huge bummer.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, so I uh, so what is what is tougher to read, to your kid? And I this is a this is a, a sort of a philosophical question: Spider Man or that kind of that genre? of superhero or uh, Clifford, the big red dog. Oh, Spider-Man's way harder. Oh, you think?
1: Yeah. Like, cause like the, uh, like a simple kid story, it's like you read it and they get something out of it or they don't. And then you move on, you read the next one. And by the way, kids books are like, there's some pretty great kids books. Oh, sure. like, the last 10 years, I think has been very good for children's books. And there's also like Roald doll stories and there's cool stuff that's like interesting and layered. And even like where the wild things are is like a great interesting like psychological tale that is like relatable and kids feel some like a a, attraction to at some like deep kind of primal level. And so I'll go for any, I'll go for any non-superhero book any day of the week over any superhero book. (laughs) And unfortunately my advanced scout is 100% interested in superhero books, So that's all I end up reading to him. Um, Anyway. Um, All right. Well, that's uh, the fourth pick of Spider-Man. All right. So my final pick, I've got a lot of people on the board here. Um, by the way, Superman and Spider-Man were not, even in my Advanced Scouts top... Well, Superman was. Superman was in my Advanced Scouts top five, but I, I overruled him. <laughs> <laughs> I the Jerry Jones. I drafted Des Bryant over uh, Superman. Um, so I'll go with uh, Professor Xavier from the X-Men. Okay. And I'll use it as a sort of stand-in. I like the X-Men a lot. The X-Men is a great uh, series to me in the superhero world because it's very. It's a metaphor for any... for. For kids and people on in America who just kind of don't fit in, who you know, there's a lot of um, obvious like connections to the gay community or just to the the outsider community. Any any group of people who were considered to be different or strange or whatever, and were sort of discriminated against. And Professor Xavier, as their sort of like very um, intelligent and rational and kind of calm and centered spokesman, is super cool to me. And he's always trying to do the right thing. And he's trying to be like a sort of mentor to these, you know, misfit mutant uh, creatures and stuff. And also, I just love Patrick Stewart, and so anything that Patrick (laughs) Stewart does is kind of is gonna is gonna help. So I'm going with Professor Xavier as a kind of like stand-in for for all of the X-Men.
0: Okay, so but but what what will he be his role in your superhero uh, in your superhero group? He'll be.
1: I'll just talk to him. I'm gonna not gonna talk to to other people. I have nothing in common with any of them, but I feel like I could have a conversation with him. He's basically a player coach. Think of him as like, he's like a sort of Danny Ainge figure, Steve Nash figure. He's, like a, he's a player coach for this team.
0: Basically, what you're telling me is you're going to send the other four out to actually take care of business, and you're just going to like watch sports with him. Well, like Aquaman is just
1: in the ocean. I can't <laughs> even get to him. He's just swimming around with dolphins. Dr. Manhattan is like on Mars doing whatever he wants to do. Thor, you can't control him. He's, you know, and and Batman, you know, like it's a tough team. It's going to be hard to hold these guys together. But I feel like if anybody can do it, Professor Xavier can do it. All
0: right, that's that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I've got uh, I've got two on my board. One that I want to take, and one that uh, that Katie uh, wants me to take. Um, so I'm going to take the one Katie wanted me to take, which is Captain America. And I actually don't like Captain America. I don't. I don't really even quite get the idea of Captain America. I mean, I get that he's, you know, he was, he was like a regular soldier and then he, he comes back. I haven't seen the the second movie yet, but I saw the first one. Um, He comes back, they give him these superpowers, they make him a super soldier, then he dies. And then they bring him back to life or something. And he's like super good. And he's just like representative of, of all the great American values um, like, you know, hitting people. And, and I guess that that's, I don't get it, but, but, but I'll say this about him. You have all of these sort of crazy Avengers, you know, you have the Hulk and you have, and you have Iron Man, who I think is awesome, by the way, that that was the guy I would have picked. Um, You have Iron Man, you have, um, you know, all the other Hulk and, and, and Thor and all these other Avengers. And he's clearly the one that they all decide is in charge. So, so he must have some sort of like, charismatic leadership skills maybe that's like his like his thing is that he's just a he's just a great leader and everybody kind of looks up to him or something um but i really don't get it but but katie uh, both my daughters uh just love him and i i think it's probably because they they think chris evans they in their young you know girl way they they they, they like think chris evans is like awesome yeah um, sure but but i don't I, I wouldn't have picked him but but i feel like she she likes him uh, she likes the shield. She likes the 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 fact that he's you know really you never have to question his motives. He's a hundred percent good. There's no there's no real dark side to him. Um, she likes all those things. So yeah,
1: he's sort of like uncorruptible, right? That's his thing. He just he see everything is black and white, and you do the good thing instead of the bad thing. Yeah, which which
0: is a a, a wonderfully imaginary way to live your life. <laughs> <laughs> but. Anyway, I mean I guess that was the whole idea of Superman, but the thing about Superman is they just kept giving him more powers, so it didn't matter whether he was corruptible or not. I mean, I guess, you know, at some at some point there was nothing you could really tempt him with. I mean, like what what could you give to Superman? Like, say I can give you money. Superman can get as much money as you want. there's no there's there's no limit to how much money Superman could have if he wanted it. So there's yeah. there's nothing really to corrupt him with. But but Captain America gets beat up all the time and, and is like constantly, you know, finding himself, especially in that Avengers role, finding himself like in places where everybody else has like all these powers and he has nothing. He's just, he just works out a lot. That's kind of his whole thing. <laughs> and he's got the shield, which is cool. The shield is a very cool thing. Um, yeah. And I respect that. I mean, that's the shield is not quite as good as the hammer. But the fact that that shield, like, even that hammer can't break that shield is yeah. very cool so all right i'll defend it i don't i don't i don't agree with it really to be well, honest with you but i'll defend it
1: my advanced scout uh re- wanted me to pick iron man he wanted me to pick wolverine he liked wolverine, wolverine yeah and then the, the i i should read this this a couple of scouting reports that got left uh, you know <laughs> got left on the on the draft room floor green lantern yeah. i asked why he liked green lantern he said he can make anything with his ring he can defeat bad guys easily if I had his ring, I would make a jet fighter that shoots lasers. That was, that was, and then things started to go off the rails at that point. He had basically had enough of me pestering him. So then he, I said, what about Flash? And he said, I was like, what makes Flash cool? And he said, he shoots lasers from his butt and picks up daddy and throws him in a garbage can. <laughs> I don't think any of that is true. I don't think that's canon for Flash. Um, but the cutest one to me was he really wanted me to pick Robin, uh, which obviously I would be fired as the... <laughs> the GM of his team, if I pick Robin. But I said, why do you like Robin? He's because he's Batman's friend, and he helps Batman do hard stuff, and he's in the Scooby-Doo shows. <laughs> like, all right, that's a strong argument. That's a nice argument for Robin.
0: That, that is a strong argument. I did want to have, like, one small conversation about the Flash. Uh, I don't know anything about him, other than, like, the limited amount. I didn't even know... Uh, I don't even know how he hurts people. As far as I know, he's just fast. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that kind of, like... His only skill?
1: I I don't know, but I, and I'm sure we're wrong. But as far as I know, yeah, he runs really fast. But basically, like that's the problem with Superman is you've taken you take Superman and then you you cr- they've created all these other characters by taking one aspect of what Superman can do. None of these people are, are necessary, right? Like you, you don't need anything. I mean, I guess the people who are supernatural like Green Lantern and uh, you know and and like uh, Professor Xavier or whatever. Certain people are like I guess not even that, but maybe. But, like, what, what can Thor do that Superman can't do? I don't know. I'm sure we're wading into terrible, dangerous danger. Oh, I,
0: it's horrible. There, there's no question we've completely messed all of this up. But um, Flash seems like they were like,
1: oh, let's take Superman's running ability and make a whole <laughs> character out of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that seems like, you know, and, and, and I guess that leads to the question. I mean, guys who are, like, singular talents, like, that's their only skill. They're, they're specialty superheroes. Like Flash. He's got to be faster than Superman. I mean, it's like it's the only thing he does. Superman like that he runs like on the side. That's like he's like a you know, he's like a, a a great quarterback who also was a good punter in college. Like running running is not relevant really to what he does. He flies. So, you got to believe the Flash is faster than Superman. And yet on the other hand, Superman flies at the speed of light. So, he's not faster unless he goes back into the past.
1: I want to point out that we limited ourselves in our main topic to 10 minutes, and we've now been talking for an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we never said we were going to hold the draft down, especially something I think is crucial to society as this draft.
1: As crucial to society and with and, and being done by two people who really don't know what they're talking about.
0: This is so great. It's like next week we should do like molecular science. Like We, yeah. should, we should just choose something. I don't know that there is a topic we know less about than superheroes, but if no, I'm sure, well, we'll find it <laughs> and that'll be great. And that'll be great. All right. Well, so let's wrap it up. Uh, as always, uh, uh, a successful podcast and then I think I recorded it and, uh, can't wait to do this again. Yes. Thank you for
1: having me. I look forward to the next one.
0: Perfect.